0: Uh, uh, uh. Uh, uh, uh. Uh, uh, uh. Uh, uh. Uh, uh. Uh, uh, uh. Uh, 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 uh. ladies and gentlemen ladies and gentlemen this is the black baseball mixtape as always bbm is brought to you by the family podcast network please please do me a favor i've got a little bit of news it's kind of exciting news but in the apple podcast charts the black baseball mixtape has cracked the top 100 for the first time ever, and it's all because of you, it's all because you rate the show, review the show, I will say this, after it cracked the top 100, it fell back down to like 150, but with your support, we'll go back, we'll go back in the top 100, and look, if we can't get in the top 100 with our guest today, I don't know what we're going to do, because I'm very excited to welcome in Justin Henry Malloy, he goes by Jahan, He is, he's not going to say it. I'll say it for him. He is a top prospect in the Detroit Tigers organization. I think MLB.com has him rated as number seven. He has had a tremendous, tremendous career to date, and we're very excited for him. Jayhan, welcome to the mixtape.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited about this
0: one. So I said off the air, I'm wearing, for people that are looking on YouTube, I am wearing a Detroit Tigers hat. I am not a Detroit Tigers fan. However, I'm a Mark, and Jay Hens on the show, so I wanted to show that D-Town love. Jay Hens, let me ask you, who is the most famous rapper to come out of Detroit?
1: Oh, man, you're putting me on the spot. <laughs> the guy... See,
0: what, you're going to think it's easy, but it may not be that easy. I mean, it's got to be Eminem, no? It's I would say Eminem as well, but... Big Sean is is, is up oh, there. Oh,
1: wow. Yeah. Everyone,
0: right? You don't think about it. Like, Big Sean is up there. Eminem is up there. Jay Dilla, the legendary, legendary producer, is not Eminem status, but Royce the 5'9 is Detroit as well. Oh, wow. So I mean, it's harder than you think, right? Yeah. That's I like better. it. I like it. I like it. Second, all right, let's follow up before we really get into this. Who do you think is the most well-known famous musician that's ever come out of Detroit it could be the same answer
1: I gotta say it's Eminem just because he 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 gets to so many audiences in my opinion like my parents I mean my parents are older people my parents know about Eminem I know about Eminem Um, in terms (laughs) of like you know diversity like obviously my exactly black and (laughs) Eminem is a white guy like yep like, that guy reaches a ton of different audiences, so
0: I, I was going to say Eminem as well. I'm I i I'm with you. However, Aretha Franklin does come from Detroit.
1: Oh, man. So
0: that's tough. I can't say, like, <laughs> there's a generational gap, so I can't say who's, like, more famous because you've heard of Aretha Franklin. Your parents have heard of Aretha Franklin. Yeah, I was going to say, that's my parents. Right, your parents have heard of Eminem. You, obviously, we've all heard of Eminem. That's a tough one, though. That's a tough it's one. Tough. Okay, all right. Shout out to the D. Man, I'm so excited that you are you are on. I'm so excited to talk to you. Let's start with the now and we'll go backwards. But right now, and it news just broke within the last couple of days that you are going to spring training, Major League spring training. What are your days like? How does that feel? Did you know that was coming?
1: Um, yeah, well, I I ended up finding out like weeks ago that, you know, I was going and, you know, just just to just kind of get prepared for, Um, obviously it's a few weeks prior to when, you know, the, a regular minor leaguer is going to camp because minor leaguers go in in March. Um, So it was kind of like a a two week hurry up. So um, in finding that out, they gave me plenty of time to like, for me to digest and understand like how great of an opportunity this was. Right. So my, my parents were psyched up about it. They have their trip planned, um, and like I'm just so ready to be able to like I mean I mean I'm in Jersey right now. I'm excited to get out of the cold. Number one, <laughs> and number two, I'm excited to get around a bunch of different guys and pick their brains and just learn and be a
0: sponge. Is that the mission for someone like yourself? You like one full year of affiliate ball, going to spring train now in that one year, and we're going to get into this you hit just about every level you can hit in minor league baseball in one season, which is almost unheard of, but going to spring training, is that the mission just to meet the guys, be a sponge, learn as much as possible, because given the season that you have had, it's not illogical to say, Hey man, if you go there and show out, who knows what could happen? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I definitely, you know, have thought about that. You know, obviously every kid's, dream is to get to the big leagues and you know the opportunity is there right but at the end of the day like especially this is only year year I mean call it year two and a half I guess no. I had half a season after the draft but this is only my second spring training right so I'm really again trying to learn again like last year was my first spring training and it was new people now again it's going to be new people again in a completely different environment and being in big league camp But I'm going to be surrounded by so many guys with so many years of experience and, you know, really just going down there and picking brains and learning and asking questions. I'm really a guy that's not afraid to ask a ton of questions. Um, Just learning and asking questions is really the main goal when I go down here. And then obviously it's to prepare and get ready for the season. Um, But the play will take care of itself. You know, all I really can, uh, all I can really do is my work and preparation. But um, I can. I know I can control asking questions, learning, and just being a sponge while I'm there.
0: What are your days like now? You're in the off season. You said you're back back home in the cold. <laughs> um, I don't. I don't know. I mean, hopefully not for too long. Hopefully you're training somewhere else. But what are the days like? What was your off season like? Is it is it fairly repetitive as a pro player in regards to workout and what you do every day?
1: Very repetitive. Very repetitive. But, uh, I think that builds consistency as well. Like I think I like my days repetitive in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Um, just knowing that like, you know, every morning I'm up at 10 AM, um, my hitting coach up here around his work schedule, we hit either from like we could start at 12 or we could start at one. It's kind of in, in between that. Um, what I do, that's, which might be a little bit different than someone else. Um, I lift in micros, um, Mm which I would call micros. So, like, that's how I lift during the season as well. Um, and, and when I say, like, lifting in micros, it's like, so, like, say we have an A block, a B block, and a C block for our lift. I'll use the A block, then go hit, throw field. So I'm not, like, super tired. You break, you
0: break it up. You break correct, up the
1: lifting. Correct. So, like, I would do that during the season as well because, you know, usually during the season, like, we want to get, like, two full lifts a week, right? Like, mm-hmm. you can get you can get in more if you want. But at minimum, you want two full lifts a week during the season, you know, playing a lot of baseball games last year. And then finding out, I was like, yo, these two lifts a week for those two days, I'm gassed. Like I'm, <laughs> like I'm genuinely gassed and tired through nine innings. So like, like, talking to my strength coach, learning from other guys. And they're like, yo, like, why don't you lift? Like, why don't you break them apart? So it kind of mm-hmm. allowed for me to like use the weight room to be able to get ready to play instead of using the weight room and feeling like you have to be in there and you have to get two full workouts and kind of like almost making it a part of your daily warm up and routine. And um going back to my days, I I go in, I get myself an iced coffee, uh I lift, I hit, I field, I throw, and then I go back and I finish my lift and then my day's over and then then the day is mine. So that's about my day.
0: Did you do most of your training back home or did, were you in different places other uh, the country?
1: No, I was I was pretty much all back home. I flew down mm-hmm. to Lakeland um, about three weeks ago just to meet the staff and work out for a few days. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, everything's been in New Jersey, so everything's been cold. Throw on a hoodie and a thermal. <laughs> Go get your running in outside.
0: You're a machine. Yeah. <laughs> You're
1: a machine. I, I, I'm trying my best. It's cold <laughs> up here. I'm I'm not going to lie, but, I mean, some days it's like, Ah, uh, if it's thirty degrees or twenty degrees, uh, I don't. I think I might have to skip the running for today. I'll do some cardio elsewhere. But
0: I laugh because I'm from. I, I live and I'm from Virginia, and whenever we we always have a, a a ton of you know New Yorkers and people from Jersey and so forth. They often move down to Virginia. There's they got family down here or something like that. And we'll joke around and we'll be like, it's cold today, but but you're from New York. You're used to that. And they look at me like, no, it's still cold. You it's like get a, cold. I'm, get a coat. It doesn't matter. <laughs> like, I'm. it doesn't matter how used to it I am. It's still cold. It's still cold.
1: I get that. I, I got that all the time. <laughs> Especially going to school. I went to uh, uh, Vanderbilt, which is in Nashville. South. Yeah. Georgia Tech. Atlanta. More South. Yeah. And I was like, oh, man, it's cold today. But, like, you'll be all right. No, <laughs> like, it's still, no, cold it's still, cold still
0: very cold. Yeah. I'm with you a hundred percent. It doesn't make any sense. People say it all the time. Like, like you get used to being cold. It's like, no, it's just, no. it's just cold. <laughs> you um, had a really kind of interesting experience. And especially, I guess, going into this spring training in the sense that you were traded, you you've been traded and you went from the Atlanta Braves organization to the Detroit organization and talk me through what, what whirlwind that is! We've just had the NBA trade deadline. Everybody's talking about, you know, Tyree going here and KD going here and so forth. You probably have a unique experience that most of us don't have in regards to a trade, and 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 not in a trade that's like, you know, we want to get rid of Jayden. No, an organization said, "Hey, man, this guy's going to be an asset. We're trading a, a really, you know, really good player to the other team to to see." what, what you and some others can do. How, how was that like? Um, to process my emotions on that one, uh,
1: it, it was bittersweet at first. Right. Like I think for anyone, uh, who gets traded, like the initial feeling is always like, Oh man, like, why didn't they want me? Right. Like, I think that's very natural. Mm. And like, initially it was just like, dang, like, you got to also remember like Atlanta, Georgia tech. Like, I love (laughs) that. You were, you were home. Oh man, like yeah, like that's a second home, and then all of a sudden it's like that's not your home anymore. Like you yeah. gotta go somewhere else. And I remember I was I was on my phone. I got a random number calling me. I just didn't answer. Click decline. Whatever. I get a text. It's like hey, this is Ben from the Braves. Give me a call back. I'm with my dad. I'm like I just got traded. He's just like, he just what? he just I, knew. I just, I had a feeling. I got a yeah, yeah. feeling, especially by like you know i've had friends who were with the sure. brave who got traded who told me about their experiences and i knew like how it was kind of coming down who i got the text from and how Damn. it was happening i was like i just got traded and um it was just a whirlwind of emotions and then but it didn't take me long at all to start like realizing and understanding the opportunity that was in front of me um again like bittersweet but it took me like that to realize like i got traded one for a really good guy, like a really good big Yeah, league.
0: absolutely, yeah. And
1: that's like, you know, like that makes you feel good, right? It's like, oh, man, like that guy's really good. And I was a part of a trade like that. Like that's positive, right? You try and take those positives. And I started looking at the opportunity and and being able to meet new guys. I have some friends in the uh, Tigers organization. And um, just being able to like now just go do it again in a new environment and pick some new brains and, and create some new relationships. So it's going to be
0: fun. And I think the key is always for somebody that's not playing in the major leagues to date, it's always looking at what the opportunity is to get on the field, get on the roster, and make it shake, right? And so we all know that you were doing great. You were doing great. And also that Braves organization is is really crowded. Right. <laughs> it's really crowded. you're looking at, you know, where where you're going to be. it's 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 a crowded place as well. And it's one of those things where, again, it's it doesn't happen to mere mortals. It doesn't happen to average people, right? Getting traded, we've never had the opportunity to be traded for anything. But I I I can understand exactly what you're saying. If you look at the opportunities to even do what you're doing in a few days and weeks to go to big league spring training and and have a chance to show out, it seems like the Detroit organization is a good 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 place to be.
1: Absolutely, yeah, and I'm I'm. Extremely excited about like what's going on. Um again, like I'm no front office guy. I'm really just a player at the end of the day. Like I know (laughs) nothing about any moves, anything. I just have a good feeling and I like the direction that the organization is going and just being able to be a part of that and just be an active participant in it. I think that's all I can ask for.
0: Last question on this, because I I want to ask you some other fun, fun stuff. But you in college made a decision and I'm sure it was a difficult decision at the time. You'd mentioned you started in Nashville at Vanderbilt and you made the decision that it was best for your career and best for your opportunity to transfer to Georgia tech. Let me just say going from (laughs) Vanderbilt to Georgia tech, you don't pick like you pick heavy hitters. It's not like, it's not like you were going to like, you know, uh, 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 a lower level quality of, of baseball league organization or anything. But when you look at that decision, now do want to ask you about just, kind of your emotions and leading up to a transfer does it feel similar or is it completely different to transfer schools or to be traded because you're going Um, to new environments
1: definitely the same and different right it's definitely both because one is like i came to that decision to leave
0: Right. right
1: so like that was on me to make that decision so it wasn't as much of a shock. It wasn't that much of a shock factor when I transferred. Like right. that that thought was brewing in my brain for a while, a while, and then I finally put it into motion. This was more of like a like you're traded. That's it. Like <laughs> it's over. Like you're not coming back to Northport, you're not going to our affiliates anymore. Like you're going somewhere else and here are the sure. new people and here are the new contacts and it's just like everything just kind of rolled over so fast. Your number I mean my phone's getting blown up by phone numbers that I'd never seen before sure, and like definitely for sure different, but again, like in, you know, the creating new relationships, going into a new environment, all of those things and the aspect of that are the same.
0: Let's back it up even further. How did you get, how did you get taken with baseball? How did, how did baseball speak to you? When did it start? How did it come about? And talk to me about the beginning of your baseball journey.
1: So baseball was kind of a thing where like, it was just kind of like me and my dad, like we it would just be something on TV, right? Like guys playing 162 games, there's a million games on TV. We just watch, we just watch together. And then I would just slowly like get interested in players who I like. There's a very controversial one, but. Ooh, I like it. I like controversial. My favorite player is A-Rod. Like I loved A-Rod. Like that's what like. I wanted to be the third baseman. Again, like I grew up in New Jersey, Yankee fan. He was the third baseman for the New York Yankees. I like it. And I loved A-Rod. And, you know, just being able to look at him and how he moved and how he went about his business. Again, all, you know, all the controversy aside, right? But like. Oh, we got plenty of A-Rod questions. Right, like but at the end of the day, Aaron was a great player. So like, absolutely phenomenal. That just interested me. And, you know, I just loved baseball. Something that I was naturally good at. I mean, when Mm -hmm. I was little, like I was a real fat kid, right? Like really fat. um, But I was really athletic at the same time. Mm -hmm. Baseball was one of those games that like, I just kind of was just better than everyone else at, at that time. Like, Mm -hmm. and I was naturally good at it. And, you know, as obviously for any kid, you know, you probably want to build on that if you're pretty good at it and you're having success at a young age, at six years old, right? So then, me having some success allowed for me to like, yo, dad, like, look, I want to get better. Like, let's let's go to the park. Let's take some ground balls. Like, let's throw like whatever, anything baseball related. I was down to do.
0: Now, was your dad a a player, a coach, or or just an enthusiastic dad?
1: I mean, my dad, I mean, he's just the best dad ever. Like Mm -hmm. he wasn't, he wasn't that guy that was my head coach. He never once was my head coach. He was never that dad that, you know, if I had a bad game, he's asking me "Oh, what happened or Mm -hmm. he's like, he's like up in me. No, like my dad was like the best version of my, like I'm trying to like put it together, like put together the right words, but like, he was the perfect combination of what I needed as a baseball player.
0: Mm-hmm. Like
1: just being able to support me after an over four and not question me and put me down or, no. you know, try and immediately find an answer. He would let me roll through my over fours and just be the support system. And my mom was the same exact way. My mom's a little bit more fiery, but like <laughs> always, always, well, the always. Right. I but like, like it. But my dad was like the calm, like, you know, hey, like let's just go practice tomorrow and have fun at practice. And you know, that that was my dad, and that's how I just got interested in the game and in baseball. And you know, I, I'm a baseball junkie. I could talk about hitting for hours, I could talk about fielding for hours. Like I'm a big baseball fan. So um, but that definitely all started when I was little, just watching with my dad.
0: Now, were you you mentioned A-rod, were you a big Yankees guy? Huge. So yeah. this is the question I have to ask for. Yankee guys because I've talked to I had no idea I talked to so many Yankees fans and all of them are just Derek Jeter Derek Jeter Derek you are the first Yankee fan that will tell me and I know why don't get me wrong I know homegrown I know he's an amazing player an amazing person I love him I'd love to have him on the show Jeter if you're listening but you, you you must have taken some arrows not even before like anything else, just by being like I'm an A Rod guy. Well, what's funny with that is,
1: so my best friend, his name is Chris Liriano. Um, he was also an A Rod fan, but he okay. was a shortstop, so it was kind of it was kind of funny. Like he loved the A Rod phase of A Rod being a shortstop, and I loved the A Rod phase of A Rod being the third baseman. I got it. So, like I think that's probably how Christopher and I like connected. Like we were just big A Rod fans. Obviously, listen, Derek Jeter. I love Derek Jeter as well.
0: No, like, I mean, we are, hold on. We like we have a no, no Derek Jeter slander rule here. Okay, because, yeah, you know, yeah, we yeah, got to like, make sure everything works.
1: Yes, yeah, putting that out there. Like, I love Derek Jeter, but like A Rod to me was the guy who played the position I wanted to play, and he was right. so good at it. And um, again, like ton of controversy probably
0: for being an A Rod he- fan. Do you feel like he's redeemed himself? Like, like, cause A Rod now is like all over TV. He's doing his thing. He's a business mogul. Like, you can't not see A Rod. And I think for certain individuals that were caught up in, you know, caught up in steroids and baseball, he is maybe the one person that you can say came out on the other side and is still doing some things. I mean all of them are doing things. Bond's doing things. He's in the right. game and so forth. But, like, A-Rod came out on TV doing different things, you know, obviously. D- do you feel like A-Rod is is recovered in a way?
1: I do. I do. I mean, obviously, like, all – again, like I said before, like, all controversy aside, like, I never met Alex Rodriguez. I don't know what type of person Sure, sure, sure. Me, me neither. Uh, me neither. But, like – in terms of, like, forgiveness, like, yeah, like, he hasn't played and, like, forgiven for what he's done. But in terms of what he's done off the field, like, that's who I want to be. Like, off the field, after baseball is done, I'm not going to sit on my thumb after right. the career is over. Like, I want to get into things that he's doing, like the Magic Johnsons, like the A-Rods, like the guys who get into the business of sports afterwards. And, um, and it takes a lot to be able to do that. Like, A-Rod's a smart guy to be able to do it. You got to be – financially literate Uh, you have to be literate in so many different avenues and just being able to like do what he does after being the player that he was um I think it's just highly impressive
0: I'll tell you what the other key to me and we'll and we'll move on after this but I'll tell you the other key to me about Alex Rodriguez Alex Rodriguez had the opportunity to take the suspension that he took come back to the Yankees and win a world championship and play very well. And so there's this element of grace that I think he gets that other players in the era didn't get an opportunity to come back and show people like, I'm still awesome. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm very much awesome. So it's like that, that comeback, playing well winning the championship and then doing all the things that he he's done makes people think like like or makes people know that that guy was a phenomenal player a phenomenal athlete no matter what right and i think he gets the opportunity by doing so that other players of that era may not may not have come back like they just never came back and played we're going to see it this baseball season you and i you know obviously my words not yours but we're going to see it this this season when tatis comes back Mm -hmm. tatis will come back and i i guarantee you mark my words here tatis is going to be awesome Mm -hmm. and then people are going to probably he's and he's got a longer career left than a rod did when he came back so it's just going to be this thing you mentioned obviously your parents which are awesome you mentioned your youth and and just connecting and and being really really good at the game almost naturally at a young age. Talk to me about the decision to take your talents, if you will, in, in LeBron terms, taking your talents to Nashville originally. What what was it about Vanderbilt that that said, "Hey, this is where I need to be"?
1: I mean, that that decision process, I remember. I like it's funny, like I remember everything about it. And again, like any kid that knew of any type of baseball knew of Vanderbilt.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: And just kind of like the thunder that came behind Vanderbilt baseball for me was enough for me to commit on the spot without me seeing the school. Are you serious? I I swear I Wow,
0: no, I didn't know that.
1: I didn't have to
0: go, right? You have to check it out
1: that's the smart thing to do. And I would advise no one to ever do anything that I did like that. But like, I remember, you know, with my parents on the phone with Travis Jewett, who was the hitting coach at the time who recruited me to go to Vanderbilt. And, you know, the scholarship package came back yep. and I was just with my parents. And like, I remember like I had visits lined up to go here. I would just taken a visit, you know, at 15 years old or I'm going to university of Virginia and, I Got all these visits lined up, whatever, and I was just like, All right, I'm committing to Vanderbilt. Like, that was it. Wow,
0: like, it, I that's didn't crazy. Corb's
1: in person, I didn't meet Corb's in person. Uh, um, I don't even know at that time if I even met like Jewett in person.
0: That's like, crazy. A
1: phone call, right? Like, I didn't see the field, I saw the field <laughs> through my phone. I didn't see the field, I didn't see anything. I just said, Yo, this is where I want to be, and honestly, like. I wish that I had taken the time to visit it and make that decision properly. Um, but again, like at that time, it was like, "Yo, you want to where, be the
0: Vandy. right." This is if where you want to be.
1: It, that's exactly where you wanted to be. If you wanted your career to take off, sure. you wanted to be the first rounder. Like you wanted to be the Vandy commit. Um, obviously, that's completely not the case. Like you do not need to go to Vanderbilt to be a first rounder or a draft pick or whatever. But you know, like any any guy wants to be a Vanderbilt player like that's fine but like you know obviously looking back on it i wish i went to georgia tech for three years right (laughs) i love i love tech i love i love my time at Vanderbilt but like you know like tech is where everything worked out but i do not trade any of my time at Vanderbilt for anything because i learned so much behind such good players The J.J. Blue Days of the world, your Austin Martins of the world, your Steven Scouts of the world, like won a national championship. I was a bench former. I was a bench former. Won a national championship, got to learn from Corbs, learn from a bunch of older guys, and be in a culture that was, you know, top notch, and then being able to just take what I learned and go to Georgia Tech and then be a small asset to that team.
0: Okay. That's where I'm going to have to stop you. <laughs> <laughs> Only because you are not a small asset to that team at third base. You are a major asset to the Georgia Tech baseball team and the season that you played. And so let, let's quickly talk about that decision. You talked about it a little bit, but <clears throat> I guess it was a full season and then the COVID shortened season at Vanderbilt, right? Is that what happened? Yeah. And then you made the decision – to as we say again in lebron voice take your talents down to atlanta and georgia tech but there it seemed to really come together starting third baseman really really good season at georgia tech talk to me quickly about what drew you to atlanta and then why do you think it worked out so well there
1: so i guess what drove me to atlanta it was kind of it was kind of funny i call my like Just me and Chance Huff, Chance went to Vanderbilt with me. We are in the same class. He also transferred to Georgia Tech. Mm -hmm. Um, So one day we just casually on the phone. We're both – because we know we're both, like, transferring out. We're both getting out. And he just casually says, yo, bro, like, slide to Georgia Tech with me. I was like (laughs) – I was just like – I was like, all right, like, sure. Like, why not? Like, let's check it out. Lo and behold, Tech needs a third baseman as much as they need a pitcher. Wow, they take take chance and then you know i'm in contact with dh and rammer dh being our head coach Mm -hmm. and rammer being our hitting coach and you know everything just lined up like yeah, i'm gonna be able to make this transition not be alone right like i'm gonna my roommate now is my boy who's at vanderbilt Mm -hmm. and make this transition together and another i mean again Nashville, great city. Atlanta, great city. Like, right. I was always attracted to nice cities, and I always wanted to go to school in nice cities. And everything just lined up like, yo, like, this looks really good. Like, we can go together. We can be roommates together. We're going to do this thing together. And we did. And chances now with the Washington Nationals, he got drafted right. this year. And um, it just worked out. And every The stars just kind of aligned for Georgia Tech, and I'm so thankful.
0: Now, that is an awesome story, and I'll tell you why. Because there are going to be so many times that's already happened in your life, but there are going to be so many times in the future that something amazing is going to happen just by some one of your friends being like, hey, Jayhan, check this thing out with me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's just like, and then your whole life changes. Exactly. That is awesome. Now, on the field, I don't want to sell it short. You had an amazing season at Georgia Tech. When did you really start being like, "Hey, look, I'm I'm looking at the draft now. Like, I'm this could be a a real possibility that I, after my junior year per se, draft eligible. I'm out of here."
1: Yeah, um, I guess like looking back at that, I, and I and I'll start this whole process like from high school, right? High school, strong commitment to Vanderbilt. You know, obviously, if the draft happened and the money was right, sure. Take me away from Vanderbilt. But I was pretty sold on going to college. I wanted yeah. to go. I'm a bench warmer now for two years. So, like, it's kind of like, yo, where did this really good player go? Like, he disappeared, I guess, in a scout's mind. In my mind, like, I'm still here. Then, you know, going into tech, it's like I'm kind of like this question mark. Like, this is, you know, I was the USA Baseball Player of the Year, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. doesn't matter now. 15 years old that has nothing to do with right now like that has nothing to do with anything but now it's like yo this kid is a question mark really good teenage player is he a good college player and then finally like georgia tech being able to just go out there every single day about mid-season you know i'm starting to hear from my agent and word about like yo like this draft thing is starting to become a possibility even with it being 20 rounds and i'm like okay, like, my goal in that season was, like, I just wanted to get my foot in the door to pro ball. I didn't care where I was drafted, how it happened. I just wanted to get into pro ball. And then, that was, like, the halfway mark. Now, three-quarter mark of the season, like, when we're starting to see, you know, regional-wise, whatever, I'm starting to really get some, like, better looks. It goes from top 500 player, then all of a sudden a top 300, then mess around a top 200, and then it's, like, Things are starting to roll now. So, like, in my head, I'm like, oh, like, this is becoming a reality. Like, being a draftable player is now, like, here. Mm-hmm. You just continue to be the same guy. But, like, you've now made this a thing. And it was kind of – it's just kind of a crazy thought. Like, just thinking about, like, my thought process back then, it was like, just get your foot in the door. That's all. I can. Just keep your head down, get your foot in the door. And then you just kind of, like, pick your head back up, and it's like, yo, you turned yourself from this question mark into, like, a player that's pretty good all of a sudden. And you took two years off from college baseball, pretty much, you know, being a bench warmer in COVID. So that whole process was just a lot of emotion and a lot of hard work that went into that. Um, But I'm happy that everything turned out how it was supposed to.
0: And you were pretty confident after the season that you were going to go. It wasn't like I'm going to return to Georgia Tech or anything like that.
1: Yeah. Especially like, with hearing from my coaches at tech and they've dealt with so many players who've Mm -hmm. been drafted and having those exit meetings. Like I was getting that vibe from them. Like, Hey, we're not going to see you next year, Um, which was bittersweet, but also like, get me out of here. Like, let's do it.
0: Let's go. Now. look, I'm sure you have good people and smart people around you. I asked this because for a layman, a fan like myself, the major league baseball draft makes no sense. Like the NBA draft, I get it. NFL, I get it. If a player falls, I get it. Right. I understand some of that. The Major League Baseball draft makes absolutely no sense to me. And I say that because you are arguably or were arguably the, the best third baseman in the country. Probably if, if you, if somebody was like, he's not the best third baseman in the country. Okay. That might be too. You are definitely top 10. I don't understand how baseball drafts work. You were drafted in the sixth round and in a very good position. I know um, the, the organization that drafted you coveted you. You know what I mean? You did did well, well. But does it – make it make sense to me. How do, how do we go six rounds without drafting one of the best third basemen in the country?
1: Um, I mean, I get I, – like, being completely honest, it, it probably goes to the fact that, like, I only put together one season. You know what I mean? Like, I guess, like, having – Putting my my brain in the brain of a scout. Yeah,
0: you don't have to. I just don't. I didn't. I don't get it. If somebody get if you get it, I was like, oh, I get. Like, but people just like because I I talked like I had another guest on the show who's amazing, Baba Aline. He was Big Ten Player of the Year. He's like all consensus All American. I think he like the draft just doesn't. It's just a weird thing.
1: Yeah, it's it's odd. It it's fast. <laughs> it's the fastest thing ever. It was just like. Phone call, 30 seconds, let's make it happen, done. All of a sudden, my phone's blowing up, you're drafted, and it
0: happened. Jayhan, that's awesome. And one, it also shows your dedication throughout the process, Your, your commitment from wanting to go to Vanderbilt, sticking through difficult days, dark days there, getting to a place at Georgia Tech, Getting in that slot and being one of the best players in the country. Fast forward to getting drafted and having, you know, an amazing, you said it like basically half a season and then a season that has put you all over the place to where you are now going to spring training. It is really, really a testament to your dedication, your commitment, your perseverance. How, what is it about you? How did you go through? and make it on the other side of some of those difficult days
1: good parents mm-hmm. i have an incredible group of people which starts with my parents um that really just kind of kept me going it was hard like it it was hard like it's it sucks being on the bench i don't care how much learning i mean i i love to learn i'm a sponge right But at the end of the day, it sucks being on the bench. I want to go and I want to play the game with my friends. I want to be out there sliding around, whatever. And I'm on the bench. And mentally, it's draining. And I had parents that were just there for me no matter what. I had mentors that were there for me no matter what. And I was just extremely blessed with the support system that allowed for me to just keep going keep my head down, don't worry, have fun, and just you will end up where you want to end up if you just keep your head down, keep going, and continue to have fun, like I said. And that really was – it's less of me and more of them. Um, That's awesome. That's awesome. I consider myself a hard worker, but that's definitely more of them.
0: Let me talk to you about this element of the game. This is the Black Baseball Mixtape, and we always want to highlight the fact that You are a young black player doing your thing. And we're so excited about that. But we do have to face the realities that kind of the higher you go and the higher levels that you get to. And and you talked about USA baseball and, and talked about playing D1 college. We know that the numbers are not there for people that look like you and I. What was your experience as you kind of excelled and made it down to pro ball? being a, being a black player, being an African-American, did you find unique situations or unique challenges to that? Or was it something where you were able to kind of put any of that stuff aside and just play ball?
1: I would like to say that I put a lot of it to the side and just played, right? Cause that, that's where like, I enjoyed my time. But again, like, I wasn't an oblivious guy either. I'll never, I never will be. And like knowing that you're in a park with a bunch of your teammates and another team over there and parents and fans and your parents and fans. And you realize I might be the only black kid playing and I have two black parents and everyone else around me is not black so like it's very evident that like everyone around you does not look like you um again like you're playing a game you're pretty you know preoccupied like from thinking about things like that but like there have been times where like i step back and i look at everyone around me and i'm like there's not a lot of diversity here like Mm -hmm. it's it like it's me you could spot my parents out like a sore thumb and like it's it's being the one black kid on the team, which a lot of the times, like that's how it was. That like that genuinely was my experience growing up. I was really the only black kid on the team where there was very few of us. But what I found to be incredible in pro ball was, mm-hmm. and now like I'll ex- expand it from black to minority, mm-hmm. getting into pro ball, especially being with other Latin players, right? And especially in terms of, you know skin complexion and things mm-hmm. like that you start realizing like this game is actually diverse but we just need more brothers to get in the game
0: mm-hmm.
1: but like there needs to be more black players you need to be more black interest in this game i would love for somehow for me to be a part of anything um to promote the game to black athletes that this game is worth playing and it's so much fun
0: And I think you're starting to see a turn. I think there was some lapses, especially over the last decade, maybe even 15 years or so, but you're starting to see the arc, I think, move, especially for the black American player to understand what it takes to get to a position to play pro bowl. And I think that is one of the biggest challenges that people like us face is you, you mentioned over and over again how supportive your parents were, how they might have been the only ones in the stands, how you had some mentors that you could call and so when those difficult days came, you were prepared or you had a support system to be prepared and let's just face it baseball's not cheap these days man you're traveling all over you're doing playing all games all over the place and often oftentimes to- and we didn't even mention, D1 scholarships aren't full scholarships, right? So there's all of these things that come in and factors, and the the fact that you were in the position that you were to to go through that, overcome that, is, is remarkable. And I think there's a wave of kids, you know, the wave of young players like yourself that are equally as remarkable. Is, is there now, as you're in pro ball, are there other black players that you've met throughout the years that you are able to kind of connect with and call and be like, "Yo, what are you doing? Let's <laughs> how how is this working out?" Absolutely.
1: Yeah, especially so with my experience in pro ball, the Braves had a a, a very diverse group. I they mean, did. There was, there was a they lot do. Of, yeah, there was a lot of brothers in that organization. And just being able to connect with them and ask them questions about their experiences on and off the field right because i ask about a lot of off the field things in terms of you know like how's this area Mm because you know those questions that like we absolutely we're in mississippi right so like yo like how's this area okay what where can i be and where should i not be at night Mm -hmm. like there there are those conversations that arise because like you know like we are in mississippi you know we're exactly like we're in mississippi no you don't have to tell me twice right so like th- those conversations it's nice to have because those guys have lived it they're in there with you um it kind of builds that built-in another form of a support system right it's, it's guys that are doing it together and um i think that's extremely important to be able to have that
0: that's awesome Shahin, I'm going to get you out of here on a couple of fun things, man, because you have been phenomenal and very gracious with your time. This is awesome. It's just, I love it. I could talk to you all day, but we won't. Let's go to some rapid fire questions. I ask everyone this. So if you've seen any of the other interviews, you will know this is coming. But I ask everyone, if you could face any pitcher, living or dead, who do you face and why?
1: Mariano Rivera.
0: Ooh, that's a
1: first! That's a first. Rivera, just be, I mean, one just because I want to say that I did it, I want to say that I I got in an that bat, and two, odds are probably not in my favor for a hit. But if I was to grab a knock off Mariano Rivera, I could die so happy. <laughs> you can tell so, you nothing. Oh, nothing. But <laughs> he also, I was a kid like, growing up. Forty two is always my number for Jackie sure. Robinson. Mo was the last player to wear forty-two, so I, and again, a Yankee. So I love. I would love to be able to see what everyone talks about with that Mariano Rivera cutter. Yep, like see it in person. So that would definitely be my guy who I, who I could face.
0: If you were not playing professional baseball, what would you be doing?
1: I'd be a dentist. Are you serious? Yes. Why a dentist? I'd be a dentist. Cause I think a smile super super important.
0: <laughs> I like this. I li- keep going with watch. Go with this. Go with this.
1: No, like I like. I feel like I have decent teeth. Like, right. But like my teeth were so messed up before. Like I mean, like I wouldn't even. I'm so embarrassed because I wouldn't even show you. This. <laughs> like the the confidence of like having teeth that are fixed and you know being and being able to like genuinely like literally put a smile on a person's face like i would love to be a
0: dentist that's awesome tell me your first professional baseball wow moment and what i mean by that like maybe you're working out at a facility or you're just walking around and it hits you that you're a pro player it may be because of who else is working out beside you or you see somebody that you only saw on television when was it like the first wow moment I'm not going to give you my
1: first, but I'm going to give you my biggest. And my biggest wow moment was definitely this year when I, I was in AAA. Yep. And, like, it was kind of just like a wow because I was like, I don't know. Like, I was playing with these guys because our team was older. But, like, it's like, yo, like I've seen this guy on TV and, like, I rooted for him. Yep. And sometimes I'm like, oh, you're Jake Marisnick's, you're Ryan Goins, you're Alex Dickerson's, yep. you're Delano DeShield's, like, these are guys that I saw on TV, and it's like now there's a lineup card, and somehow like my name is just somehow in there. Like it was just like, a oh, holy crap, type of moment. Like these are guys that I watched and admired on TV, and it's like I'm playing with them now. So I'd say that's my biggest wow moment in Pro Bowl. You
0: went from high A to AAA in the same, same season, right? Is, is that how it works? What was the Correct. biggest? What was the biggest adjustment?
1: I would say balls out of hand if that makes any sense.
0: No, what does it mean? Like, Explain it to me.
1: So, like, in terms of, like, tunneling, right? So, like, in high A, th- there's really no difference in, like, stuff, right? Like, everyone's going to have, you know, the high spin rate, the nasty slider, all that. But, like, as I moved up, it was like those pitchers were just executed much more finely, mm. right? So, like, you wouldn't see that nasty slider that bounces at 57 feet. You saw that nasty slider that was a strike for fifty-eight feet, and then at the very end, like just right. fell off. There were just finer pitches. Everything was tunneled better. You wouldn't see that high strike where, like, if a pitcher's trying to execute a ball at your chest, right, and then they kind of just throw it at your head, right? Like, it, like uncompetitive pitches. There were way less of them as I got up.
0: Mm, that's interesting. What? And I, I can I can see it. It's very very true. What do you do to like have fun? I know you're always locked in, and I know this time of year you're more locked in than ever because spring training's right around the corner. But what do you do to relax, have fun? How do you unwind? OJ Hen. So, <laughs> no, so like my answer. OJ Hen. My
1: my initial answer to that. <laughs> <seriously>, <laughs> like, I like I'm a guy, especially like last off season. I kind of adopted like just like having a better head, like having gratitude makes me have fun. Like being able to sit back and be like, yo, we're getting to play in front of 3000 fans on this field. Like, yeah, it's fun to me. And I feel like like if you were to show some gratitude towards like the things that we're doing, like we take for granted, we get to play baseball every day. It's hard. Like it's hard suiting up every night. Like people probably think it's so easy seeing their favorite players suit up every single night. Like it's difficult to spike up every night. You're up all the time. You know, and you're still going out there playing nine innings, but that's fun. And like, if you really have like a sense of gratitude towards what you're doing every single day, like I get to play baseball every day and I get paid twice a week or not uh, paid every two weeks. Like, that's crazy. Like and like when you think about that and you you have some gratitude towards what you're doing, you start like having some fun and like the little things like hanging out with your teammates in the locker room, just chopping it up. Uh, talking about the game after the game with each other. Uh, Just like small things like going out to dinner on the road. Like if you have that appreciation for what you're doing, you start looking at it like, yo, I'm having a great time.
0: Well, Jay we're going to leave it there because we've had a great time on the Black Baseball Mixtape talking to you. Sir, I want to tell you, nothing but the best i i am not like i said as i let in i am not a tigers fan i will be a tigers fan wherever you land uh as you go through spring training where whether no matter where you are we're gonna be a jay hen fan uh i wish you nothing nothing but the best and much success and one of these days we'll see you down the road my man but keep doing what you're doing because clearly it is working and it's gotten you this far and i know without even seeing the rest of this look without playing the whole tape out I know that it's going to work out well in your favor my man so best of luck as you go through this season I'm going to be watching
1: thank you so much thank you for having me
0: ladies and gentlemen tell everybody where they can follow you real quick because they, they, they want to follow look we got to get those numbers up as well let's 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 follow you oh well my instagram
1: And Twitter, both the same at names, just at Jhen Molloy, J-H-E-N Molloy, M-A-L-L-O-Y. So those are about the only two platforms or social medias that I use.
0: Excellent. Excellent. Well, everybody, make sure you follow Jhen and all of those platforms. Make sure you follow the Black Baseball Mixtape. This is another episode. And again, rate it, review it, subscribe it. Let's get those numbers up. Until next time, we see it. This dust jockey's introduction to.